Welcome to Back from the Brink. It is Thursday, the 11th of March, 2021. The year is rolling by so quickly now. We're almost halfway through March. It's hard to believe, hard to believe. Spring breaks will be starting and Easter breaks will be starting in the next few weeks. And so we'll see how that affects what's going on with COVID uh, as they continue to roll out vaccines around the country. Uh, They keep telling us that more vaccines are coming, that we're going to see a huge surge in vaccines. And yet I've noticed, at least in in my area in California, as far as I can tell, all all of California, that essentially they haven't changed those who are eligible since they started giving the vaccines. Uh, With one exception, they changed the the age from uh, the age qualification from 75 to 65. So if you're over 65, you qualify. Uh, And then it's emergency people in hospital situations, teachers, emergency care workers, uh, I think uh, some I think grocery workers fall under that, you know, food food handling people fall in that area. Uh, and that's sort of it. You know, I mean, it, you're over 75 or if you're in a um, uh, uh, extended care home um, or, or you're one of those, you know, few categories where you're an emergency care worker. So, um, you know, if we're going to get more, we're going to have to change that category. Here's Erin. We'll see what she has to say. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Okay. So um, I was just pointing out that, you know, um, uh, we're coming up on spring breaks and, uh, and Easter breaks. And it'll be interesting to see if there's any uh, associated surge with COVID uh, issues this time around. Um, and then, you know, further going on and saying, you know, they keep telling us and they've been saying this for a while, that there's more vaccine coming. They're, that's kind of been a mantra. More vaccine is coming. And yet, have you noticed that they have not changed any of the requirements to get the vaccine at all in California? They have not. No. Uh, yeah. They, they made one change where they said instead of being 75, if you're 65 and over, you can get it. And that was made, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. But other than that, it's, you know, it's emergency workers and teachers and food, you know, healthcare workers and food and people who are in um, uh, long term facilities. Right. And that's it. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Yes. And that's it. Yes. So we'll see. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I, I want to get that. Uh, you know, I haven't been feeling well, so I haven't made an appointment. Um, but I need—I want to get that vaccine, and I work with the with the the children. So, mm-hmm. um, um, you know, I I yes, I want to go in and get that vaccine, whether it's Pfizer or Moderna. I don't really care. I know a lot of men. Yeah. Uh, there was a woman we or talked Johnson about, and Johnson or John, but that's not that's not on the market yet, right? It's already. It's yeah, no, still- it's been approved. It's on the market. In fact, in Riverside County, um, there are places that are now you can go in and get it. Oh, well, see, now that would just be easier. It's just one shot. Yeah, it's one shot. And while they say that it's a little less statistically uh, likely to keep you from getting it at all, it's actually statistically higher 
that you won't get a, uh, a hospital stay or death if you do get it after the Johnson & Johnson shot. So it's sort of like, uh, ma- uh, was it major medical insurance, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it won't uh, necessarily keep you from getting it, but you're, uh, in fact, they, in their studies so far, it's 100% of the people who got it didn't die, which the others, it's like hey, 95 like five. Yeah, it's like ninety five point five, so or something like that with the uh, with the other two. Uh, yet the other two, you are less likely to get it at all. Um, you know, so I don't know. You know, statistically, what's the mortality work out to on all of that? I guess if it's one hundred percent, nobody dies, then that that's a good number, right? Yeah, that's, I like those odds. <laughs> yeah, and with all of them, I guess if you get it, you have a much more mild case. So. Uh, but yeah, you know, to me, it's like, quit telling me it's coming and we're going to see more. I won't believe that there are actually more until I see them saying, okay, we're opening up the availability of this to other categories and groups. It hasn't changed for, you know, two months. Yes. Yes. It's time to, yeah, it's time to open it up, you know, to that 50-year-old yeah. who has heart disease or right. that 45-year-old yeah. who has diabetes. Yeah, I mean, technically, they don't have the, the pre-existing conditions even included in the current people. And it's like, that seems to me, well, in fact, you know, California laid out all the steps, and then they took the first step and said, okay, we're not going to move any, you know, forward because we don't have enough vaccine. And it's like, okay, you keep saying we're going to get more vaccine. Well, if you really mean it, then let's see you change that that eligibility list. And, and if you don't mean it, then quit saying it. Quit trying to, right. you know, make everybody feel good like you're doing something when you're actually not. You know, I mean, it, until you've actually got it, don't talk about it, I guess, is what I'm saying. You know, yes. uh, and, and when you do have it, if you really have it in large numbers, then let more people get it. You know, um, I know that because they've started opening up schools, several locations where they were giving the vaccine, they've been lost. Like I was uh, uh, looking at here in Corona, they were using Corona High School for a uh, vaccination okay. center, and they have since shut that down. But they've not opened up another one in the area. I mean, the nearest one is, uh, I guess there's one over in Norco, and then Riverside County, they're like spread out in Paris and in, in you know, uh, Elsinore. And they're, they're out there. There doesn't seem to be a whole lot like in the city of Riverside. They're all out in the, the boondocks. And I say boondocks, but I mean the smaller outlying cities. Right. Right. Yeah, boondocks. Yeah, Riverside County is a big impolite county. Impolite way not... to refer. I mean, Corona is the boondocks by that standard, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You but, know, um... it's far flung from you. Yeah, exactly. Far flung from me. I mean, it's, that's what I care about. I really care about me. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. But, you know, that's like in San Bernardino saying, yes, we've got vaccines available. They're in Baker. <laughs> you know, it's like. Well, great. Yeah, Everybody lives down in the south. You know, that that's 90 miles away. You know? Yeah, um, that's not helping me. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate that information. I'll file that for some future point, you know. <laughs> talk about, like, like saying, you know, if you want to talk about, like, uh, uh, institutionalized racism, right? It's like, well, they'll say, well, most of the ba- people in Baker are of Hispanics. Uh, so we're helping Hispanics. I'm going... Yeah, but the only other people who can get there are the rich people who can jump in their car and drive up to Baker on right. that a whim, you know, can take right. off a day from work and do that, you know. Uh, it's like, um, yeah, it doesn't quite work that way. Uh, so um, I was reading an article that was interesting, and I have no way of judging the veracity of it, but it because and because of its source, 
I, I hang a question mark out there. It was, fr- it was uh, uh, from uh, Tucker, Tucker Carlson. And so, you know, um, this is the man who, who said, well, I'm not really news. I'm entertainment uh, in order to get out of, uh, you know, a court case. So, um, so I have a real question mark about him as a source. But um, he was talking about the George Floyd case and, uh, and how, you know, I mean, well, first of all, let's, uh, the title is, okay, everything the media didn't tell you about the death of George Floyd, right? And yes. So this is a fairly lengthy article of which the first two-thirds of it is him complaining about the liberal media. But if you finally get down to the nitty-gritty of it, uh, two things come out. One is that there was body cam footage from the police officers that is not that that apparently is available but the american media has not played it but uh one of the uh, uh news media in in the uk got a hold of it and they have played it and then uh and the other thing that he points out is information from the autopsy report and apparently two things one is he was behaving erratically and foaming at the mouth, and not only police officers, but people, bystanders could be heard saying, are you okay? Calm down. You're going to have a heart attack. You, you know, you're, calm down. Uh, clearly, the guy, was ba- he was babbling and apparently not particularly coherent, and then when they tried to get him in the car, he started struggling and fighting against him. He was pleading and crying for them to help him. Uh, which they were trying to do and trying to understand what was going on. Apparently, there was some foaming at his mouth even. Um, and then the autopsy report showed that he um, uh, had 11 nanograms of fentanyl per, per, per milliliter of blood, which is three times the amount that usually would kill somebody, which mm-hmm. indicates that he had um, uh, probably had a uh, been using fentanyl or some other um, uh similar drug for a period of time and it built up some sort of a, a, a um, uh, ability to handle that amount because there was a lot of that in his blood as well as uh, it was clear that sometime in the recent uh, recent prior to his death recently prior to his death that he also had um, uh, uh, methamphetamines in his system and he was uh, tested positive for COVID so and he was complaining about not being able to breathe prior to them uh, putting him on the ground, and that putting them on the ground and using your knee to hold them down is part of the policy of the police department. That nobody had ever said boo about it up until this point, uh, and that it probably wasn't what caused the asphyxi- asphyxiation. At least that's Tucker Carlson's assumption, because he was already saying he couldn't breathe. He had COVID, and he was high on something, which turned out to be fentanyl in a, in a major amount of it. So. There's a lot of extenuating circumstances, and of course, if that then means that the police officer gets off, you know they're going to burn down the city. Yes. Well, so, yes. And I so blame assuming our media. that what he. Oh, go ahead. I, I talked a lot. You, you 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 respond. Well, no, I'm just. I blame our media because. Yeah. You know, in in the they somebody has to stop being reacting with by jerking their knees. You know, stop with the knee jerk reactions. Because, yeah. you know, yeah. often we have found that, you know, what they what they say happened isn't what happened. You know, the 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 guy in Ferguson, Missouri, that hands up, don't shoot, never happened. But it was reported mm-hmm. over and over and over and over again. And you go to the grand jury testimony and it's not there. It didn't happen. Yeah. And and so then you have half the public believing that the but the media does nothing but lie. And the other half of the public saying, saying that the country is all white supremacist 
And the reality is nothing of the sort of either kind. Yeah. Yeah. No, both are, are exaggerations, you know. Well, it's it's interesting to see this stuff. And if this comes out in a trial, then I can see where, it, you know, that, that it, it, it certainly casts a question mark on the officer's um, uh, you know, the guy's name Chauvin. Um, yes, Derek, Derek Chauvin. Chauvin. Uh, you know, I mean, it casts doubt on whether he did or didn't act appro- in, uh, appropriately or inappropriately. Um, the and apparently also, and it's not in this article, but I've heard it other places, is that the two of them knew each other. That they had, um, uh, in an off-duty situation, Chauvin had been uh, hired as a uh, security for a club or something. You know, which a lot of police officers do in, the, in on their spare time. They'll you know, act as security for different things, you know, just make some extra money on the side. Sorry. And, uh, and, uh, apparently they had had a run in like, like a week or two before. So that he, they knew each other that he knew of the man. Um, now whether or not he, you know, remembered him as, you know, somebody distinct from other people that he runs into from a nightclub from a you know week or two before, it's hard to say. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it just goes to show there's a lot that goes on and what happens in a courtroom is different than, than what the media plays. But the media also, you know, if, if things don't fit their, their talking points and their agenda, then they just don't talk about it. Um, but, you know, I mean, the same can be said for, uh, for Tucker Carlson and Fox news too. So things, you know, both, you know, I say both sides, every news media has an agenda uh, and has a, a, you know, they're playing to an audience because they're trying to get more people to continue to watch and pay attention to them. And, and you know, news as entertainment, I think, has been a, a really bad turn in our country. And it's, I think we've done ourselves a disservice by, by turning our news into entertainment um, just in general because this is, this is largely what happens, you know. And as much as I am not a fan of things like Facebook, um, I don't blame Facebook for this separation nearly as much as I do our mainstream news media. Cause there's still a lot of people who get their news by coming home and turning on the television set. And, yes. and you know, depending on what number your dial lands on uh, or your digital remote lands on, um, you know, your opinions get colored by what you constantly listen to and hear, even if you're not even paying that close of attention to it, you know, um, and people who were, um, uh, you know, might've otherwise, thought about things in one way can can over a period of time start thinking about things the other way because the only facts they're hearing are coming from you know a side that is playing to a specific audience and uh and we all need to be aware of that and be careful because it's uh it's um you know we're basically self-programming we're by choosing what we watch and what we do we're programming ourselves to believe certain ways and uh, and if you if you're conscious of that that fact, then you want to be careful and try to program yourself with with a uh, variety of different opinions, so that you can uh, then form your own opinion more uh, uh, accurately. We're so. being manipulated every day. Oh yeah, oh every yeah, every day, easy peasy. And we can't so, think, uh, oh, I could never be manipulated. Yes, yes, you guess you oh, can, and we, yes, you we are. all are. Yeah, we're yes. all being manipulated. The thing is, is though it's it's self manipulation in this case because you control the, the remote. You can decide which propaganda you want to listen to, uh, you know. And there's news flittered in between it, but it's all you know. As I've said many a time, the difference between how you report something can be as simple as you know, uh, you know, referring to the the president as uh, you know with with positive or negative adjectives, you know. 
uh, you know, you can say, you know, uh, well, in fact, the example that I recently saw, which I thought was funny, is um, uh, and, and point, makes illustrates the point perfectly, is I think it was uh, uh, an MSNBC reporter and somebody had cut their them reporting about children at the border from when Trump was president and one from Biden was president. And when Trump was president, they referred to children being locked in cages. Then when Biden was president, children were being given shelter. They were yes. using the exact same facility. Yes. The exact same facility. Yes. How is that for bias? <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like they're reporting the exact same thing under two different presidents in the exact same location using the exact same facilities. In one place, it's cages. In another, it's shelter. You know, I mean, that how is OK? Um, you know, that's that's yeah. not that's not positive, good reporting, you know, and that's an example, uh, like I said, of MSNBC. But you could pull the same example from from, you know, Fox or CNN or or, you know, your your local ABC or NBC. Or, you know, all, you could pick any of them. They all do it. And that's the thing is we just need to recognize that they all do it. Every human being decides how they're going to describe a situation. Right. We can all look at the situation and be factually correct. There are children being detained. You know, that's it. That's the factual correct. Children are being detained. Now, are they being detained in shelters? Are they being detained in cages? Were they separated from their parents? Or are they being um, uh, isolated for, for COVID testing, which makes it sound like you're doing, you know, taking care of them? I mean, it's, it's, it's all choices of how you use the language. And that, that really does affect us all subconsciously. I'll tell you something that doesn't affect us subconsciously. Uh, trying to get your receipts back from the fine folks at Hertz. Oh my gosh, this story is so bad. It is, but I have some questions about it. I have some real questions about it. So let's just start with the story, okay? So Hertz took three years to hand over receipts that cleared a man of murder. Here's what happened, okay? Uh, uh, Michael Adams was shot to death in 2011. Herbert Alford was 20 minutes away at the airport in Lansing, Michigan, and uh, and he was returning a car at the Hertz counter. Nonetheless, Alfred was convicted in the murder and spent almost five years behind bars before Hertz was able to get them the receipts that proved that he was 20 minutes, you know, 20 minutes away from where this happened and couldn't possibly have been the person that committed this murder. And so he spent five years in prison. He's now suing Hertz because they didn't turn over the receipts in a timely fashion. And they're saying that, uh, that, you know, they were unable to find historic rental records from 2011 when they were requested in 2015. So, again, they're four years after the fact, but continued our good faith efforts to locate it with advances in data searches in years following. We were able to locate the rental records in 2018 and promptly provided it. Well, I'm not sure promptly is the right word to use there. That's a little little snarky. Uh, but but we then provided it. Right. Uh, and so that's the story. Right. So I have a question. OK, this is they said it happened in 2011. Okay, remember that 9-11 was in 2001. So this is 10 years after 9-11. Is there an airport anywhere in the world that doesn't have cameras all over the place since 9-11? How come they don't have video of him and they couldn't pull that? There's another source to prove that he was away, right? Oh. And have you, have you ever rented a car without a credit card? How come he couldn't yeah. pull his credit card receipts and show when he made a payment for the, for the car back in 2011? I mean, so there's other ways he could have done that. It's not solely on Hertz. And if that, you know, and that information should have been available to them. So yeah, I think he had poor attorneys at the time because I thought of that in, you know, by the time I finished reading the article. So 
That would be my only question about this, is there's other ways to prove that he wasn't there, right? Well, so, yeah, and, and I don't believe, yes, that is true. I don't believe that Hertz looked very hard. I don't. Oh, I don't either. I don't either. And you can't tell me that this stuff wasn't, I mean, uh, you know, electronic. I can't remember renting a car where they didn't go clickety, clickety, clickety for 35 minutes before they then say, okay, here's your keys to the, you know, <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's all on a computer. So you can't tell me that they couldn't like call that up and print out a receipt for you in well, couldn't, seconds. Did he, did he not have an account with them that he could go online and look for himself? Himself? Yeah. And that's possible. I mean, if you don't rent cars often, right, maybe you don't have an account with them. Maybe, you know, and maybe he wasn't even flying. Maybe he just rented a car there because he needed a car to go do something. And he, you know, they, they had cars available at the airport. So that's where he rented it from instead of from a, like a, um, a standalone rental location. Um, you know, I've done that myself. I've gone to the airport to pick up a car for rental. Um, you know, but but either way, even in 2011, you can't tell me there weren't cameras in there for security at the airport, at the rental <laughs> counter. You can't tell me that he rented a car without a credit card and therefore had no way to track where when that payment was made. <laughs> you know, maybe he just I mean, had a lousy public defender. That's what I'm thinking, you know, because, I mean, you know, I know I wouldn't sit in jail for five years knowing that I had ways of proving that I was somewhere else. And, you know, it didn't take, well, it didn't take a genius to sit. I mean, I I will admit, no, I won't. (laughs) I was able to think of it. Other people could too, you know, (laughs) come on. So I have some questions about this. And obviously, you know, Newser likes to do things. They're short blurbs to give you stories that kind of give you the gist of what's going on. They're not, they're not uh, long um, uh, pieces that, that, you know, give you all the details and nuances of a story. So, so, and that's where we sourced this was from Newser. So, um, so I think there's a lot of questions to be answered about that because that just seems weird to me. And there might be answers to what I'm saying, you know, it might, uh, I mean, I don't know, he might've been renting it for a, uh, a company and he didn't, he didn't, uh, have a credit card. They have an account and he just, you know, came in with like a PO number or, or something like that. And they gave him the vehicle. I don't know. Um, you know, in which case, I guess they could show a date, but maybe not a time. But the cameras, I don't know. That just seems like a, a big question mark to me that they're, you know, you, you can't even drive onto an airport grounds without being on a camera. And that's been that way since, since you know, within a few years of 9-11, that was the case. So you can't tell me there wasn't video of him, you know, 20 minutes away from wherever this this murder was committed, you know, showing yeah. up at an airport. You know, it's just like, come on. Um, so, so yeah. Mm. I, well, you know, I think Hertz is going to have a lot to answer to. Oh, yeah. I mean, Hertz is, yeah. Why did it take you five years to find this? That seems silly. But that doesn't seem like the only thing that they should have been able to rely on to get this man exonerated. And I feel awful that he had to spend five years in prison uh, because nobody thought to check the cameras. <laughs> You know, I, I just don't understand that. But okay, um, yeah, such is life. So um, the uh, House of Representatives have passed the uh, the COVID stimulus one point nine trillion dollar thing. So it's now waiting for the president to sign. President Biden, I think, is supposed to sign it today. Um, and they passed it on Wednesday, so Biden is expected to sign. Oh, no, I guess he's going to sign it into law on Friday. So he's 
I don't know why. What's he waiting for? Um, but anyway, I, you know, I guess you have to set up a big thing, right, and get the cameras all out there so you can watch him sign it with the 47 pens. I always thought that's the most <laughs> ridiculous thing, you know? It's like anybody who's watched a president sign anything understands that if anybody ever gives you a pen saying, this was the pen that they used to sign, first of all, you have to remember that it's not the pen. It was a pen <laughs> that was used to sign because and can you imagine learning to sign your name? With 15 different pens, you know, make a little bit of a line, put that pen down, pick up the next one, make a little bit of a line. <laughs> my, my signature no. wouldn't look anything like my signature by the time I did it that way. No. So. No. no. But I, I guess yeah. if they've got video of you doing it, you know, they know you did it, right? Assuming you can find the video three years later to exonerate yourself. Well, just don't uh, let Hertz be in charge of videotaping. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so, um Let's see. So what they're saying is uh, IRS will st- will send payments using direct deposit information it has on file. Uh, and uh, if not, then they'll send paper checks. That's right. Uh, that's how. Nobody cares about how. They all want to know when. What information. What, what. I see a bunch of what's. Where's the when? <laughs> now, there's been a lot of people I've heard that they're going to use the most recent information that they have on your tax data. So if your taxes went... Uh, if your income went down in 2020, that you should file your 2020 taxes quickly, so, to, so especially if you're like on the border of being eligible, because it could determine how much you get or if you get any money. And if your uh, income went up, then you might want to hold off on filing your taxes. Um, uh, excuse me. I, I would say that you probably should make that decision based on, on, on other issues like how much you owe or might get back depending on how your taxes are set up but uh but uh, i've heard some people say that that's something you should consider is is how that might affect your your covid money so yeah i don't see anything in here that still says when if he signs it on friday i figure that you know give him a week or two and they'll probably start doing electronic deposits so so and there are income limits like you said yeah um and so yeah you know you yeah the income go ahead Oh, I'm sorry. You you started it and I butted in. Go ahead. Um, no, just the higher your income, uh, you know, past a certain point, you know, I think it's one hundred and fifty thousand dollars adjusted gross income for a family or for a couple, the two earners, and um, I, I, above that, then you still will get some, but it'll be, um, uh, it'll be, uh, what do you call that? Um, prorated. Right. Yeah, they're going to prorate it. Um, so, uh, you know, they uh, they will give you the full fourteen hundred dollars per person, up to seventy thousand dollars of an income income for individuals, and and then it prorates up. You know, previously it prorated up further. Now it cuts you off completely if you make eighty five thousand uh, dollars or more. And and the um, and previously I think it prorated up to one hundred and seventy five thousand, and now it's one hundred and sixty five thousand for couples. So if you're up to 150,000 you get the full amount. If you're between 150,000 and 165, then it's prorated down to nothing. Anything over 165 and you won't get any. Um which makes last sense. It, Why are we yeah. giving stimulus money to people who are working anyway? I mean if you yeah. if you're it doesn't make any sense. You don't need the money. I understand helping people out who have been um, negatively impacted. I don't yeah. understand giving free money to people who haven't been yeah, no, that's that's the thing that I think a lot of, uh, of people, the, the criticisms about this has been, why isn't this more targeted? Not everybody needs that. I mean, certainly no, you know, very few people are going to say, 
I don't want it, but uh, they'll take it. But do they really need it if they're working and they've man- managed to stay fully employed during this whole time? Then maybe they should be targeting this a little differently. Right. And, and why should our and, grandchildren um, be on the hook for paying back a debt that people didn't need to have in the first place? Yes. Well, I don't have any grandchildren, so neither but do you. you will someday. Maybe. Theoretically. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Um, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I, and I'm with you. I, 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 you know, fiscally, I think that this is, um, while it, it politically is, is palatable for, for people to point and say, Hey, look, I was one of the people who voted and helped you out. Uh, it, it probably fiscally doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, at least not in a, you know, across the board fashion. I absolutely think that it makes sense if they had targeted because there are certainly a lot of people who are hurting. But let's face it, you know, uh, 1400 bucks or 2800 bucks. if you haven't been able to uh, pay the rent for the last six months because you've been out of work and you're just relying on the fact that there's a rental, uh, an eviction freeze right now in a lot of places, then you're, you're in trouble. And that $2,800 is not going to help you because, uh, you know, that's not going to pay the back rent you owe, which is going to come due at some point. And, uh, and so, you know, you've got to be looking at a kind of scary situation, you know, and you know, they're going to start loosening those things up shortly. And so, you know, if you're in that situation where you were out of work and, and hadn't been able to pay the rent, you know, now you're going to have to go find a new place to live and find a job, you know? So, I mean, maybe this, this money will help tide you over a little bit when that happens, if it happens simultaneous, but you know, what's going to happen is they're going to get you the check and then several months are going to go by. So you're going to use that to live on. And then when they, they say, okay, now the, the eviction freeze is over, people are going to be on the street and then not have any money to be able to help them find another place or a way to live right away because they're not going to, you know, they don't immediately have a job as soon as they're like evicted from their, from their homes that they couldn't pay their rent on. Well, I do want to use this opportunity, if anybody's listening in, this, in San Bernardino, the city of San mm-hmm. Bernardino, um, that there, there are dollars to help you um, stave off eviction. If you've got back rent, you can apply for uh, funds from the city of San Bernardino, uh, California, to pay, your, pay some of that back rent, all or, depending on, on how much you have. Um, they could pay for all or part of your back rent. So if you mm-hmm. go to, if you Google city of San Bernardino eviction relief, um, you will be able to find information on, on that. And I would, I would guess that there's a lot of um, uh, municipalities and counties that have the same uh, offer available. Cause I think they have yeah. federal funds to make that happen. See, and I think I applaud that because to me, that's the right kind of targeted help for people. That's like, okay, as we're coming out of this, you know, help me not be in such a deep hole that, that it looks hopeless, you know, help me get back to where I can like focus on getting a job and getting back to normal as opposed to just, you know, tossing money out to everybody on the street. Yes. And uh, help me not be homeless. Right. So kudos to the city of San Bernardino. and, And I hope that other municipalities in the area are doing the same thing and across the country, um, to help keep, families you know under a roof so that they can they can come out of this and and try to find some normality and get back to you know contributing to society and 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 working a good job and and taking care of their families because i you know as as a as a parent you know i i 
can't imagine anything that would feel worse than to, um, you know, not be able to take care of your family, to look at your child and say, yeah, we've got nowhere to live or, hey, we can't we can't eat tonight. You know, Um, those are those are scary, awful things to have to confront, you know, and uh, and, you know, those there's lots of decisions you make in your life. And those are the ones that you really don't want to have to make. You know, you want to be able to do just the the basics and provide yourself, your, your, your family, a, you know, a safe environment, a home life, and some food. Um, so, Pretty basic anyhow, I, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not like we're asking for crazy things, you know? I mean, <laughs> I don't have to have the Taj Mahal. I just need, you know, a roof that doesn't leak and, and you know, some four four walls, a dry space to, to hang my hat, you know? Um, you know, it's, uh, I mean, people aren't asking for crazy stuff here, so... Um, uh, we'll see how this all plays out. You know, again, it's one of those things we'll, you know, retroactively looked at it. But I think, you know, the amount of money that we have spent during this time period is going to come home to haunt us at some point, And we need to um, start thinking about what that's going to look like. I, I think inflation is inevitable. Yeah. Yeah. And then that'll that'll hit all of us, you know. Yes. Uh, when you're. When your gallon of milk costs, I don't know, what's a gallon of milk cost? I don't buy milk very much. I actually I buy groceries, milk, but I don't, I don't buy. Know. I I was going to say, I don't either. So I couldn't even tell you what a gallon of milk costs. And I don't really buy bread that much. So I don't know what a bread loaf costs. I'm trying to think of staples here. Um, you know, eggs. Eggs cost what? A uh, couple bucks for, for a dozen? Something like that, right? Between 2 and $4 for a dozen, depending on where you're buying. And if you want, you know, organic or range-fed or whatever. That's roughly what they're. Imagine that going up to $10. You know, that would be awful. That would be awful. That would be awful. Because, you know, imagine everything that is made with eggs, like bread. That also then goes up because the eggs cost more. So, um, yeah. Inflation. Yes. Inflation is... Let's hope is, not. Let's, let's just say not. no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, let's I was see. watching an old... On YouTube, somebody somebody on Facebook had said, you know, give me a line from a commercial. Well, I, I couldn't describe the line. I couldn't say the line in a way that makes sense. So I went and looked for the commercial itself. Remember those old Joe Izuzu commercials? Oh, where, yeah. You those know, were awesome. He was so smarmy. He was great. He was great. He was absolutely fantastic. Hi, I'm Joe Izuzu. This car has, gets a million miles to the gallon. And across the screen, it would say he's lying and have the real, yeah. you know. And it was making fun of smarmy car salesmen. It was absolutely fantastic right. advertising. Um, yeah, the actor and, who did that was just perfect. Oh, he was. He, he yeah, he did smarmy really well. So, um, but he, they were bragging about their low interest rates were like five percent. So, you know, like get this great rate at five and a half percent. Well, right now, if you go turn on the TV, you'll see Toyota is offering some cars with zero percent. You know, and so yeah. if the rock bottom, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. It's awesome enough that I'm going to put it in my commercial is 5%. That is a huge difference. And if you had gone 10 years earlier in the seventies, you would have had double digit inflation, like double digit percentages. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people, well, the young people certainly don't know this in the seventies. If you were going to buy a house in 1978, this is why people had their adjustable rate mortgages. The fixed rates were in the double digits. So imagine buying a house with a credit card interest rate. Yeah. And that's what they had. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and that's why a lot of people who believe this is happening are rushing to do uh, uh, refis on their houses right now because it's like get that interest rate locked in as low as you can right now on a fixed rate that'll stay that way through the rest of the loan, and uh, and uh, you know because because the rates aren't going to stay low forever. Nope. So nope, and because it really wasn't that long ago where they were really high. So yeah, yeah. You know, that's and, my and, fear with all this money. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think you're probably right. So Joey Zuzu was played by David Leisure, by the way, was the name of the actor. He was also on Empty Nest, which I don't know if you remember. That was a Richard. Oh, that was a Mulligan. very funny show. Yeah, Christy McNichol played his uh, uh, one of his daughters. He was a, a a doctor who a pediatrician, I guess, whose two adult daughters returned home to live with him. So he was an empty nester, and then they showed back up. It was on for like seven seasons. So uh, a lot of people on that. Paul Provenza. In the 80s, right? um, When was that? Let's see. Does it say? Yeah, 88 to 95. So late 80s, early 90s. Empty Nest. Richard Mulligan. I had forgotten about it. He was so funny. Remember him on Soap? He thought he could go invisible and he'd like wiggle his hands in front of himself. And then he, everybody, he thought he was invisible, but nobody else did. He was like, he played a, 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 one of the characters that was just a little loopy. That whole show was filled with people who were a little loopy. Soap. What a great. What a great ensemble cast. Yeah, it really was. I mean, Billy Crystal was in that. That was, um, that was a, uh, really interesting, uh, I mean, it was a huge ensemble cast, but it, you know, it had uh, a lot of people. I mean, it was Catherine Damon played sort of Robert Guillaume, who spun off into Benson because he, the Benson character was actually started on soap. Uh, Catherine Helmond uh, was great. Um, you know, uh, Dinah Manoff and Richard Mulligan, which were both in in um, Empty Nest as well, uh, playing different characters. Robert Ulrich was in it. I mean, there was so many people. Uh, I remember one of one of the characters. Uh, it was a parody of daytime soap operas, and so it was a comedy and a parody of that. And and you know, daytime soap operas. If, for those who don't watch them, um, I, I'm not. I don't watch them, but they they do have some. They they spin off into some pretty weird storylines at times, and so they just took that to to the most illogical weirdness. Like uh, Mulligan's character, who thought he could become uh, invisible. Uh, did that because he had been uh, uh, t- uh, captured by aliens and they gave him the power to make himself invisible. But, of course, everybody could still see him, even though he thought he was invisible. It was very <laughs> funny. And, you know, they had uh, like a communist res- revolution from some made up South American country. And then the dictator got kicked out. So he came to live with them for a while. His name was El Puerco. Um, <laughs> you know, it was... <laughs> Yeah, yeah you know, just just you know they they had affairs and murders and kidnapping and, and that was all you know in the first ten minutes of one episode I think sometimes they were just crazy <laughs> amnesia you know how how that that trope about you know somebody gets bumped in the head and they forget who they are yes. uh, you know they they played that to the hilt I mean you know people forget it was just it was funny you know, ties with organized crime you know it was just cults they had cults somebody got sucked into a cult one of the kids you know it was just. Um, it was pretty funny, pretty funny. Um, yeah. And then of course, Robert Guillaume's Benson character was the one through the whole thing who seemed sane. And he would like, look, he's, and he's playing the Butler, right? And he's looking at these people around him going, you guys are all crazy. Because <laughs> they were crazy. Yeah. And, yeah. And it was funny to have the one sane person in the middle, right? Looking at this going, I, I, I don't quite get this. Why am I here? <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. Scott Bio's brother Jimmy Bio was in it too. Yeah, there's a lot of people in that. So, well, yeah. it looks like we are about out of time. Yeah, we'll we'll end it on on that laugh and uh, you know, I don't know if soap is available anywhere streaming still, but if it is, uh uh Highly recommend it if you just want to sit and giggle for 30 minutes because um, it's just silly. But uh, uh, they they also did a lot of, like, they would skewer pretty much anything that was in the news or, or popular. So that was cool. So thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you tomorrow. Thank you.